Adam Jordan stood in the upstairs hall of the huge Victorian parsonage. A wide hallway stretched to his right with three bedrooms on each side. At the end of the hallway, a stairway led up to a finished attic. He turned in the other direction and started down the curving stairs, his shoes clicking across the hardwood floors. The sound echoed through the three-story house, an enormous space for one man. Hey, Pops, Janie and I are leaving for school, Hector shouted. But he no longer lived here alone. Six months ago, Hector Firestone and his younger sister Janie had joined him when they were left homeless. Bye, guys. Have a good day. Adam watched them head off before he left the parsonage, Chewy panting by his side. For a moment he paused on the porch to look around. To the north stood the stately church he served. From here he could see only the parking lot and the back entrances, but on the front and facing the highway, tall white pillars stood out against the red brick. On the other side of the parsonage sat the house of his neighbors, Weta and George Kowalski, and their two young daughters. As he breathed in the clean, warm air, he noticed a partially masticated backpack under the swing on the porch. He glared down at Chewy, the enormous, ugly, and affectionate creature who had arrived with Janie. Chewy smiled back at him. Bad boy, Adam said. Chewie's tail went into overdrive. Adam often wondered why the dog didn't ascend and hover like a helicopter with all that spin. Bad dog, he repeated, which caused Chewie to perform pirouettes on his back legs. Adam didn't have time right now to investigate or return the item to its owner. Since the habit had started a month earlier, Chewie brought home backpacks and sweaters and hoodies and water bottles, anything he found. Adam tried to keep the dog inside, but Chewy was an escape artist who zoomed through the front door whenever someone didn't watch carefully. He'd return home hours later, exhausted and happy and smelling of whatever disgusting substance he'd found to roll in. In expiation for that behavior, the dog delivered these offerings of his deep affection. Reminding himself to get Hector to return the backpack, Adam glanced toward the Kowalski house. He hoped to see his neighbor, Weeda, a southern name that oddly was pronounced Weeda. Many mornings she greeted him with a daughter hanging off one hand and a plate of muffins in the other. If not, he'd walk across the lawn between the parsonage and the church he happily served. At six this morning, when he had to get up and let Chewie out, Adam had glimpsed Weeda's husband, George, heading toward the garage in back. In contrast with Adam's shabby robe, George wore a dark suit, tailored and conservative. Once Adam had seen George dressed casually when Weta had forced him to help her plant a garden. Even then he looked successful and well-dressed, if unenthusiastic in spotless khaki slacks, expensive athletic shoes that never got dirty, and a shirt that fit him perfectly. Occasionally, Adam saw George pushing his daughters, Carol and Gretchen, on the swing, still immaculately dressed, still unenthusiastic. He and George had waved. As Adam and Chewie started back to the house, George backed his spotless black Lexus out and headed toward his accounting business in Austin. Now, three hours later, Adam waited, but Weta didn't appear. 
Disappointed and muffinless, he headed toward the church, Chewy frolicking behind him. Running late as usual, Weeda set Gretchen on a kitchen chair and tied the little girl's shoes. George always told her if she planned better, she wouldn't always run five or ten minutes behind. She agreed in principle, but Carol and Gretchen, their young daughters, never stuck to a schedule, possibly because they couldn't tell time, all of which left Weeda attempting to catch up all day long. This morning, Carol couldn't find her favorite socks, which turned up inexplicably in the bathtub. George would have told Carol to choose another pair of socks. He didn't understand that forcing Carol to choose another pair would upset her and make her even slower. Then, after Weeda and Gretchen had walked Carol to preschool, Gretchen... Well, it seemed to be one thing after another. When she finished tying the shoes, Weeda picked up the plate of apple cinnamon scones.